Are you ready to uncover your retirement solution? Learn more as Jeremy Kyle and his guests guide you along the path of retirement and reveal the five steps you need to take to solve your retirement puzzle. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Retirement Revealed with Jeremy Kyle. I'm so glad that you're here today with us. Jeremy, thank you for being here as well because it would be really awkward if I was just sitting here in silence. I suppose. Wouldn't be too much fun, would it? <laughs> Not at all. And I wouldn't learn anything. So I appreciate you being here. And I know that I'm going to learn a lot today as well as you, the listening mm-hmm. audience. You're going to learn a lot because Jeremy's going to discuss three things you should know before choosing a financial advisor. And uh, I, I can't wait to dive into this because I've been working with financial advisors for a really long time. There are really good things about a lot of advisors out there, and there are definitely some things we should be avoiding uh, when when looking at some financial advisors we may be thinking about working with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I've been a financial advisor for 17 years, and one thing that just kind of blew my mind, especially when I first started out, is just no one seemed to interview and choose different financial advisors, right? You go kick the tires on a bunch of different cars, mm-hmm. you do a bunch of research. Seems like no one ever did that. Uh, thankfully, these days, more and more people are starting to interview multiple advisors, digging yeah. into things a little bit more. Uh, but our goal here is to help you figure out three things you should know before choosing your financial advisor. Just three things, trying to make it simpler for you as you're going through trying to pick that advisor. What should you know ahead of time? Yeah, and it's, uh, audience, please, as you're listening to this, write this stuff down, unless you're driving, of course. You can come back to it later and do that. But write these things down because... These are vitally important. There, there's a lot of things you should know about a financial advisor before you choose to work with them. But I know the highlighted three that Jeremy's going to be covering today are going to be the most important and things that you really, really want to hit on. So where do we start today? What's number one? Yeah, number one, we're, we're going to talk about what the problem is. I mean, the part of the problem is that how do you find a bad financial advisor, right? You, how do you tell if someone's a bad throw or a, a good rock. financial advisor? <laughs> you yeah, can throw right? a rock to find bad financial advisors. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's tough. So it's uh, this guy, Carl Richards, listen to a lot of his podcasts, and it's funny. He talks about the secret society of real financial advisors. Mm. And he, he jokes about it's not like bad financial advisor has bad financial advisor written on their business card. Yeah. I mean, how easy would that be? <laughs> That'd be nice. Yeah. You meet someone, they say bad financial advisor on their business card, so you know to stay away. And then you just go to the secret society of real financial advisors to go find them. If mm-hmm. only it was that easy. If only that was easy. Um, yeah. We're going to start out with number one. And uh, real quick, Eric, you're talking about writing these down. Don't even have to write them down. Go to our website, uh, kylefp.com. If you want to go directly there, kylefp.com slash white papers. That'll take you right to what we're talking Perfect. about. But but otherwise, yeah. yeah, if you go to kylefp.com, type right-hand corner, it'll say resources. Just click on the resources button, and you're going to be able to, to download this uh, PDF. You got about 15, 20 pages about how do you go through choosing a financial advisor. Okay, so I did not know that. That is a fantastic resource. We are going to go ahead and put the link in the show notes in the summary for the podcast itself. So if you're listening to this right now, when you get to a spot where you can take a look at the website, just pull up the summary notes on the podcast, on your phone or on your computer, whatever you're listening to, click that link and it'll take you right to that page. Fantastic. All right, I'm going to download it when we're done. I've got your notes, but I want to I want to read the whole thing. Yeah, it's well worth it. Uh, the first thing, the first question is this word fiduciary. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the question, the thing you got to know is what does that even mean? Right. Yeah. Thankfully, the last four or five years, uh, normal folks, right? A lot of people that become our clients, uh, people that are looking for financial advice, they finally heard of this word 
fiduciary. It's just unfortunate that no one really knows what that means. And a lot of advisors even advertise that they are a fiduciary. Uh, but what does that really uh, mean when they advertise that? And here's a funny one. We were just talking about this a week ago about how there's even this designation called accredited investment fiduciary. And someone had seen that. And I said, that, that just means you took a little test and you get to put these letters behind your name, AIF, accredited investment fiduciary. Nothing wrong with getting some more education. But we, I was just talking about this in the office a week ago. Then I got an email from someone I know and trust. I like this guy, good advisor. He's definitely on the good advisor side, but he's an accredited investment fiduciary. You look at the bottom of his emails, it says the accredited investment fiduciary designation does not mean the holder is acting in a fiduciary capacity. What? Yeah. It, all it means is that uh, you took a test online and it, well, I went to their website and it says it's a self-paced online course that needs to be completed within 90 days of purchase. So it just kind of shows you right there. You buy it, within three months, you got these uh, three letters that you get to put after your name. That doesn't even mean you're acting as a fiduciary. And that's just a, yeah. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. You know what that reminds me of right when you said that? The first thing that popped into my head is those online, uh, you can become a minister. You can become a, mm-hmm. a, a, a minister who can conduct weddings in 10 minutes. You know, as long as you take this sure. test yep. and pay the 50 mm-hmm. bucks that we, we want from you or the $200 we want from you, you can then be a minister without any of the training thought behind it. The fact that you agree with the, the people's belief system that you're going to be mm-hmm. marrying, things like that. It's just insane. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just a, it's kind of an empty title. Yeah, and it can be in a way. And that's... Uh, I'm, that, I'm, I haven't looked into it further. Accredited investment fiduciary could be a, a great thing. Uh, I don't know, but it's just so interesting to me that they say you're not actually acting in a fiduciary capacity. And it's just proving the point here yeah. that uh, you can go to just about any advisor and say, are you a fiduciary? And they could probably say yes. And I just want to break down, we'll get a little technical here, but just want to break down that a lot of this has to do with who does the advisor report to, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's okay. a place called FINRA, which... You report to if you're a stockbroker, you're selling and buy, you know trading stocks for clients, and then there's a place called the SEC, and that's who the advisor reports to if they are an advisor. So step one, you got to figure out is my person I'm looking to work with are they registered with the SEC, because that's the only way to actually be registered as an advisor. If you are only registered with a place called uh, Finra, uh, that's only for stockbrokers. That's only for people that are selling you stuff. So that, that kind of helps out a little bit to understand that there's two places that advisors report to in a way, but where it gets a little difficult is that most advisors are something called dual registered. They're actually registered with both. So when you walk in and you ask, are you a fiduciary? They could say yes. Really the big question is, are you going to be a fiduciary to me? Because if I walk in and you're registered with both places and the person says they're a fiduciary, when they are selling you an investment product, guess what? They're not a fiduciary for you right then. If they're providing you advice and you're paying them for the advice, that's a separate story and they are fiduciary. So it gets complicated. Even the people that say that they're fiduciaries, uh, you got to figure out, are you actually a fiduciary for me? And one step to do that is yes, go ahead, look at some places to find out, are you registered with a place called FINRA? That's for stockbrokers, salespeople. Are you registered with a place called the SEC? That is for financial advisors. Or are you somebody that's registered both? And honestly, most people are registered both. So you have to then dig further and find out from that advisor, well, how are you treating me? Are you treating me 
like a salesperson? Or are you treating me like an advisor? Okay, this is really confusing. Are they able to say, so if I ask the question, are you a fiduciary for me? Are they bound by any rules, regulations, laws that they have to say, yes, I'm a fiduciary for you, or no, I'm not a fiduciary for you, I'm just a fiduciary? How's that work? Yeah, I mean, it's not a problem to get caught, right? So, yeah. um, but at least you're asking the right questions and you kind of put them on notice, like, hey, I'm looking into this and I'm making mm -hmm. sure if I want you to be a fiduciary, uh, then I need to be in these types of accounts that are fiduciary. Uh, we're in a place called New Berlin, Wisconsin. There's about 70 financial advisors in the city, so a good number. And about half of them, 37 of them, are both uh, registered with the FINRA, the salespeople area, and registered with the SEC, the advisor area. So majority of the time, when you're asking these questions, you need to find out, okay, uh, are you one of those folks? And uh, if so, are we working together in this fiduciary type of capacity. Mm -hmm. uh, then there's a, a good number. There's 18 of these. I was doing some research, had an intern do some research last week. There's 18 people that are brokers. So someone might tell you, I'm a financial advisor. But when you look them up, if they are only registered with that one area called FINRA. They're not actually an advisor. They're only a salesperson. Mm. Thankfully, yeah. life can get it a little bit easier if you work with somebody that is only registered with the SEC. Then you know for a fact, when they are helping you with your investments, they are a fiduciary. Uh, they are only registered as a fiduciary with the SEC. And what we looked into is basically there's only two firms in our area uh, that are like that way. It's our firm's got a few of them, and then the other firm's got the rest of them. Gotcha. Where we have chosen, my my firm and the other one have chosen, we don't even want to have the uh, the conflict. We don't even want to have the connection to the salespeople side of it. And we chose to not even have that FINRA, that, uh, it's called Series 6, Series 7, uh, you might have heard of those, uh, mm -hmm. those registrations. We just got rid of that because we only want to work with people in this investment advisor type of capacity. Gotcha. All right. That's great information. Here's a little, little bonus for you is that, uh, have you heard of the CFP, Certified oh, yes. Financial Planner? Yeah. For the listeners, CFP is the toughest, in my opinion, the toughest, most rigorous test and training program there is for financial advisors. Yeah, there's no, there's no waiting 90 days and paying a fee just to get it. You've got to pass a bunch of tests. takes you usually two or three years. Mm -hmm. uh, you actually need 72 different uh, areas of expertise wow. before you can get that CFP. So um, CFP was a good thing to get ahead of time and work with a CFP, Certified Financial Planner, uh, professional, one of those folks. It's even better now because they've just changed the rules. If you want to call yourself a CFP, if you want to be associated with the CFP board, you have to uh, pledge to the CFP board that you will act as a fiduciary at all times, even if the government doesn't require it, mm. right? Those brokers, the um, people that are dual registered, there are times where the government's not requiring them to be a fiduciary, but if they are a certified financial planner practitioner, there's someone that has uh, pledged to the CFP board, yep, I'm going to actually act this way. I will act as fiduciary at all times, even if I'm not required to. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Yeah, so definitely good. Find out, dig into how a fiduciary uh, works with that advisor. Here's the little bit of a caution. We get people coming in, and they've got this list of questions. They printed out like 10 questions from online, what to ask a potential financial advisor. Number one is almost always, are you a fiduciary? And then when we say yes, they kind of fold up the list, put it away, and say, oh, sounds good. No, no, no. no. <laughs> you had nine more questions. Please ask me those questions. Yeah. They're important. And this, just having someone tell you, yes, I'm a fiduciary, that does not solve the problem. 
So uh, it's good to ask more questions. And what we're going to do next is talk about the uh, second thing you got to know, which is how do I find an advisor who is good? Mm -hmm. That'd be great. That's what we're all looking for. Yeah. Right. And like we mentioned earlier, it's tough to do. It's not like uh, you can just look at two folks wearing the same suit a lot of times and say, well, that one's good. That one's bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we're not going to promise you here that we'll be able to find you that good advisor. But I think if you follow some of these different uh, guidelines, you'll get a lot closer. You're more likely to find a good advisor than to be with the the bad advisor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, a few of those things we talked about before, right? If they work through the SEC, they have this investment advisor license. Uh, One way to look at, at that is find out what their registrations are. It's called a Series 65 or a Series 66. That's an important thing. You can also look up people. Uh, we're going to put another link uh, in the show notes, a place called Broker Check. You can look into, has anyone ever complained about this advisor? Mm-hmm. Right? That's right. If they have judgments or settlements, those are pretty bad words. That means they were found to have done something wrong to the point where they're maybe even paying back money to some people. Mm-hmm. So you got to look into this and, and find that out. So we're going to put a link in there to Broker Check. And a lot of times you really need to know, do these people know what they're talking about? And one of the ways to figure that out is see what these designations are, right? And one of them we mentioned already is the CFP. Sometimes you're not necessarily looking for a full-fledged planner. Perhaps you're just looking for an investment advisor. You want a top-notch investment advisor. Mm-hmm. Well, a couple to look for, one called the CIMA. That's the Certified Investment Management Analyst. That's okay. a tough one to do. One that's even tougher is this thing called the CFA, Chartered Financial Advisor. Mm-hmm. You thought the CFP was tough, Eric. That one is tough. Oh, CFP really? Is, oh, my goodness. It is light years uh, of toughness ahead of the CFP. It oh, is, I didn't know it that. Is tough. All right. Yes. Very, it's investment related. So if you're looking for more investment focus, you can look for the CIMA or the CFA. But what if you're someone that uh, is looking for a financial planner, but you have a specific need? Like what if you're just wanting to get some retirement advice? Well, there's some designations out there for that. RICP. That's the Retirement Income Certified Professional, or RMA, that's the Retirement Management Advisor, right? There's people that have gone and uh, done some continuing education. They care so much about their clients that they want to learn so much about specific areas that they've gone through and they've gotten these different designations, CIMA or CFA for investments, or the RACP, RMA for retirement. All right. So there's a lot of designations out there, and it's really worthwhile to look into them. Find out if there are some legit ones we talked about, maybe that uh, you can find some online really quickly. And they're, they are all over the gamut. If you're someone that's looking for help with long-term care insurance, there's one called CLTC, Certificate in Long-Term Care. There's even one here. If you're someone who's a Christian and really wants to align your faith with your finances, there's one for that too, Certified Kingdom Advisor. That's right. Now that's one. that's a tough one as well. That one takes a lot of study because you're not just learning the investments, but you're also learning how does this apply to what the Bible said about money. So that's mm-hmm. a that's a nice one. That's a tough one as well, too. Yeah, we love that one. Yeah. If you're looking for a good advisor, look for those different things. Make sure they're registered with the SEC. Uh, make sure that they've got like a CFP designation, maybe even one of these more specialty designations in an area that you really need. But then there's the bad advisors. I was and just going to ask you about that. Yeah. How do you find one? Uh, you don't want to find one. You just want to avoid one, really. Yeah. Um, there's lots of folks out there, and this definitely doesn't apply to everybody. But uh, when you're looking through and you're finding certain things, these might be some signs that perhaps, maybe even if they're not a bad advisor, 
uh, maybe they just don't have the level of expertise as some of these other folks. And usually you want someone with more expertise than less. I would, I would assume so. Yeah, I think so. But um, here, here's a couple of things to look for. Find out, are they only a broker, right? If they're not registered with the SEC, if they only have their Series 6 or 63 or Series 7 licenses, they're not registered with the SEC. They're not, uh, they're not doing investment advice. Mm-hmm. So if that's what you want, then you need to avoid people that aren't actually, you know, that are only salespeople, that are not investment advisors. And you got to go into this place called Broker Check. Look for things called settlements, judgments, sanctions, mm-hmm. penalties, separations, suspensions, barred. We've seen people where we talk to advisors and we, or I'm sorry, we talk to uh, prospective clients and they tell us about their current advisor and things seem a little fishy. So we look them up on Broker Check. We've seen $100,000 judgments against prior brokers. We've seen the broker barred or suspended. And these are the folks that you're relying on for your investment advice. Yeah, One, they're scary. not investment advisors. Two, they did something to the point where the government got involved. That's that's pretty bad. So yeah. definitely got to go out there, uh, check on broker check, and look for those words, sanctions, penalties, separation, suspension, barred, settlement, judgment. Those things are bad things. Now, let me just tell you real quick about broker check. Anybody that sends in a complaint has like a, a grievance, that will show up on the broker check area whether it's completely uh, has merit or not. So sometimes uh, I've met advisors and I talk to them, I see what they're doing, and I think these guys just aren't as credential. They just don't know as much as some other advisors. I check their broker check, nothing on it. Mm-hmm. I found other advisors and I think, oh my goodness, they, are, they know their stuff, they're helping their clients. And then you go take a look and they have maybe one or two things that are on their broker check. But when you dig into it, you see that they're all dismissed. A lot of mm. folks, especially back in 2000, 2008, their market, the market dropped and they thought, oh, must be my advisor's fault. So when they wrote in a complaint, sometimes it shows up on that, uh, on that advisor's record. So you got to look and find out, was this dismissed? In which case, it had no merit. The advisor did nothing wrong. Or was there some sort of penalty? Avoid the folks that had a penalty, right? You got to do that. Yeah, absolutely. So coming up here on the third thing, you got to figure out before you hire this financial advisor, this is one of the important ones too. How does my advisor get paid? Mm. You, you know how your accountant gets paid. You know how your plumber gets paid. Do you have any idea how your advisor gets paid? That's so important. You got to figure this out ahead of time. Basically, it comes down to three different ways. Either there's a commission because something got sold or there's investment advice, which is usually like a quarterly fee when somebody's helping you with investments or there's like a financial planning fee. It's kind of like in consulting type of situation. And there's nothing wrong with any of them. It's just figure out what you need and make sure that the way that your advisor is getting compensated kind of lines up with that. Got it. All right. Jeremy, I know that how advisors get paid can be really, really complicated. I mean, there's all sorts of things to different look at, percentages, there's points, and there's there's all sorts of lingo that's involved a lot of times or jargon. I hope people take this seriously. And, and I, I know that those that listen to you consistently will because they trust your advice and they, you know, they, they know that you're giving them good education on all these podcasts. So I'm going to say to the audience, if you have questions about what it means, you know, to have a commission versus they have something to do with points or they have different types of fees at different fee schedules. I know Jeremy and his team would be happy to, you know, walk through that with you. If you're working with an advisor right now and you're not sure how they get paid or you've been told, but there's a lot of jargon and it's confusing, 
please reach out to Jeremy and his team. Uh, I know that he will be happy to take a look at the documents and take a look at anything you need him to, uh, to help you figure out what's best for you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, we're, we do that all the time when uh, folks are coming in, they start talking yeah. about, here's what we're looking for. And then we ask them, well, how's it working right now if you have a current advisor? And a lot of times there's a mismatch. And that's really where a lot of the issue happens. Not that there's anything wrong with commissions or a quarterly fee or a consulting type of fee. It's just that there's a mismatch. So just real quick, just tell you about it. Um, if you want to buy term insurance and just want to trade a stock, buy a mutual fund, you're probably going to pay a commission. Nothing wrong with that. But if you're looking for objective, ongoing investment advice, then you probably want to have an investment advice relationship, which probably means some sort of a quarterly fee that's being charged from your account. But oftentimes people are looking for guidance on some decisions that have nothing to do with specific stocks or bonds or mutual funds. Mm -hmm. You're probably looking for a financial planning fee or a consulting type of fee because uh, you want someone that uh, isn't getting paid uh, based on what they recommend, right? So really it comes down to step one, figure out what do you need? Do you need to just buy something? Nothing wrong with paying commission. Uh, or do you want investment advice that's objective and ongoing? Or do you want a financial planning type of a situation where you want uh, answers to questions that don't involve, okay, buy this stock, buy this bond. You're asking questions like, when should I file for Social Security? What should I do with my employee benefits? Mm -hmm. How should I set up my estate? Those type of things, right? Figure out what you need. Then you have an idea going into it, what you're looking for. Communicate to this new advisor what you need. Ask them how they get paid, right? If uh, you come in saying, can you help me with Social Security and setting up my estate strategy? Then you ask them how they get paid, and they say, well, we, we um, get paid when you work with us, right? Well, that probably means that they're selling you something. You know, mm -hmm. that doesn't quite align. Maybe look somewhere else. Or they might uh, be kind of vague. They might say stuff like, well, you don't have to pay me. The company pays me to help you. Well, again, they're probably <laughs> selling you something. Yeah, they're still getting yeah. paid. And they should actually be, yeah, they should be truthful. Well, the only reason the company has money to pay them is because they took a commission out of your investments, right? So they should exactly. be a little bit more uh, outgoing out there. And I, I'm going to blame uh, mostly the financial advisors because we're the professionals. But at the same time, I think, and thankfully, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the clients are, are now, you know, coming around and understanding this, right? When you have the plumber come over, no one expects him to do electrical work, right? He's not getting paid to do that. He's maybe not even licensed to do that. But people all the time come to me and say, well, my investment guy, he's not helping me out with the pension and social security. Or they're not calling me back. Well, yeah, they're not calling you back because they made a commission on you four years ago. They're not helping you with social security and pension decisions because you're not getting paid on that. You're not getting paid on investments, right? So if you want planning type of uh, advice, right? If you want uh, help on social security and pensions and how much can I live on in retirement, you just can't expect that from the person that's only managing your money or the person that sold you the term insurance 20 years ago, right? It's so unfortunate that it's so confusing, but our hope is after you know hearing more about this today, after going to our website, uh, kylefp.com and clicking on that resources button, download this white paper. So you've got a guidebook to uh, help you be more educated. When you're going out to find a financial advisor, you're going to know a lot more about what a fiduciary means, how to find a good one and understand how does this advisor going to get paid so that you can line up what you need with what you're about to get from that advisor. Jeremy, it's so funny that you said that it completely triggered me for something that happened a decade or two ago. Almost one of my friends got into, um, advising We'll just call it that. I won't name the company. It is a very shady company that has a terrible reputation. Now that I know, mm. now that I know better, and uh, it's almost like a multi-level marketing type of company. And I'll leave sure. it at that. Yep. 
And Mm -hmm. so as a buddy, you know, we sat down and talked and I didn't have any term insurance at the time. I'm more than happy to get term insurance because, you know, I was young and had a young family and it was the appropriate thing for me at the time. And I was more than happy to let my buddy get the sale. And so him and his manager, you know, the person who's supervising him and helping him get into the business was there. And we had a good conversation and I bought my term insurance and it was a good deal. I, I felt it was a good deal for what I was looking to get. And then my buddy, basically he washed out of the program, you know, six months, a year later. And my account was switched to this other advisor and they, I got a letter and I believe they said they were a financial advisor or I can't exactly remember the words, but I never heard from them. And Jeremy, I never heard from them for years. And mm-hmm. funny thing mm-hmm. is I did finally hear from them and it was three months before my 10 year term was about to expire. That's the only time they wanted mm-hmm. to talk to me. They didn't want to talk to yep. me about anything else. Oh, what about your planning needs? You know what? Mm-hmm. I probably had planning needs nine years ago when you took over my account. But since mm-hmm. you didn't get the, you know, the the commission on that first sale, or you, maybe you got a little bit from, you know, the transfer or whatever, now all of a sudden you're interested in talking to me because you want to sell me something else. That, mm-hmm. oh, that was not a good meeting because I went in eyes wide open. By that time I knew exactly mm-hmm. what. You know, I knew a lot about advisors and I called them on the carpet about it. And I just mm-hmm. said, this is the only reason you want to talk to me is because you want to make money off me now. Uh, you didn't want to help me out in the last nine years. So why are we talking mm-hmm. now? Anyway. Well, I'd say what worked out well is you, you kind of knew what you needed. You needed that term insurance and nothing wrong. Like you said, yep. with your buddy getting the exactly. commission from it. Uh, but then where the danger comes in is folks are saying, well, I need help with my investments. I need help with my planning decisions. Well, you're just not going to get that from the salesperson. Uh, type area. So when you mm-hmm. figure out exactly what you need, in that case, you need term insurance. That was great. You found yep. someone that could help you provide it. They got paid a commission, but you're exactly what you're saying. If you needed higher level planning type of activities, well, you needed to work with somebody that had the right registrations, that maybe had the right education that could prove it through the CFP uh, type of program. So we got a few just takeaways here uh, for everyone is that if you are wanting this this higher level, this investment advice, this financial planning, make sure you do use a fiduciary. The way to figure that out is find out through the SEC. Pretty easy to uh, do that. We can put that link too in the, the show notes. Or is this person registered through the SEC as an investment advisor? That means they have a Series 65 or a 66. Find out maybe, uh, are they dual registered? Will they actually be working as a fiduciary to you when you're working together? One thing that'll help is if they have their CFP designation because uh, they've got a great um, you know, set of knowledge, but they also have this kind of fiduciary pledge that the CFP is doing. Even beyond that is if you're trying to find an investment advisor or a retirement planner, having one of those specialties like the CIMA mm-hmm. or the RACP, that helps out too. And just be aware of the folks that are only registered as brokers because they can only sell your products. It's not too often, at least they're not walking in our door, where people say, can you sell me a stock and get paid a commission? No one's really asking that anymore. Uh, so be aware of the folks that that's all they can do. And even beyond that, there's some folks that don't even have their broker license. They're only insurance license. So when someone that's only insurance license is trying to sell you an investment, I'm going to say run away because they are not even allowed to sell you investments, right? But that happens every so often where people are talking about, oh, I help you with investments. And then we look into it. They only have their insurance license. They're just trying to um, do something different there. So be, yeah. be wary of the folks that are only broker license or only insurance license. And it's a little bit, it's on you, right? It's on you. But there's thankfully some places to figure it out. Uh, go to that FINRA broker check to, to look into if there's ever been any issues 
or the brokery for google them sometimes people make the news right it's unfortunate but mm-hmm. uh go to finra broker check google the folks you know do some research this is a big deal and you know, make sure that you have someone that you can trust and someone that knows what they're doing helping you with their money well that and just going back to my story find somebody that cares about you that cares about your family that cares about your plans that cares about your future and i I can pretty much honestly say, I don't think I've met a CFP, somebody who's actually been through the CFP program uh, that doesn't really focus on the family and what your desires, goals, hopes, and dreams are, because that's, that's exactly what they're, that's what they've trained to do, right? Like in my example, the, the person who took over my account, he had no interest in me, my family, my future, anything uh, until he thought he was interested in my wallet, right? He was interested mm-hmm. in making, mm-hmm. making some money from me. And so that, that's what I, that's the other thing is you'll find out very quickly, uh, talking to these folks, when you do your bit of research that Jeremy's talking about, you will find out very quickly who's in it for the wallet and who is in it for, um, your, you know, making sure that your family and your needs and, and your future and your goals are taken care of. So that's, that's my takeaway from it. It's just <laughs> drives me bananas when, you know, you get shysters out there that are just trying to make a buck and they don't really care, mm-hmm. you know, if it's the best fit for you or not. So yeah. go, go, go interview multiple people. You'll get that, you'll get that, um, get a feel for it of here's a few advisors that talk a certain way and here's some other advisors that talk a different way and you'll exactly. get a better feel for who is it that's more interested in you, more interested in, in providing that advice, uh, and working that fiduciary capacity. That's for sure. Yep. Jeremy, this is fantastic. What, what wonderful podcast. Thank you so much for great information. Again, the link to this, to the white paper will be in the show notes as, as well as the broker check website so you can take a look and uh, any closing thoughts yeah just uh we'd love to hear from you love to uh have you download the guidebook here so you can learn more about it just go to kylefp.com click on resources in the top right you'll, you'll get it right away all right jeremy thanks again so much for the conversation today and the information and to you the listener i want to thank you for tuning in to the retirement revealed podcast with jeremy kyle if you have not subscribed to the podcast yet please click the subscribe now button below This way, when Jeremy comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. And I'm going to challenge you. You're talking around the water cooler with friends. You're talking, you know, on the golf course with friends or or while you're having lunch. And if it comes up that they have a financial advisor talking about the markets, the stuff with the coronavirus that's been, you know, in the recent weeks and, and all the different things that happen in the market, people talk about it. When people talk about it, share this podcast with them so they can see, you know what, is my investment advisor, is my advisor the right one for me? Are they a CFP? Are they a fiduciary? Uh, it may surprise them that they're not, or maybe they've never even thought about that or asked the question. So share this podcast with them. Let them know, hey, I, I heard some great information, uh, lots of good resources. Take a listen and, and see what you think. And then come back together with them and have that conversation. See if they've changed their mind or, or making any plans to change. Again, I want to thank you for listening. For everyone at Kyle Financial Partners, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit retirement-revealed.com to learn more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal, accounting, or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For complete details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. 
Kyle Financial Partners is a part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.